You want your Bibles open to Joshua chapter 24. We're in a sermon series during this season of thanksgiving and this season of gratitude, stewardship, thinking about how we can, how we can show our thanks. Uh, the daily choice of gratitude. And this morning we're thinking about how we can show that daily choice of gratitude by honoring God. And I'm going to read from Joshua chapter 24, verses 1 through 5 and 13 through 15. But before I do that, would you bow with me for prayer? Let's be in God's presence together for a few moments, entering His throne room and offering thanksgiving and making petition. We come, Holy Father, into Your presence wrapped in the authority and the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, the great High Priest. And you have promised that in Him and through Him, we may come into your throne room and find grace to help in time of need. So we offer you our deep thanksgiving, our gratitude for all of life's blessings. And we seek your Holy Spirit's leadership and understanding more of what it means to daily choose gratitude. Today especially we remember the congregation of Sutherland Springs First Baptist Church in Texas. We pray for healing and help and strength for them and all who are grieving. And for all who are grieving all gun violence in our nation, we pray, dear God, for an end to that, that you would give us courage and creativity to find ways for that to happen. We know that your blessed Son, Jesus Christ, came to destroy the works of the devil and to open the way to eternal life and abundant life. And we pray that you will make us instruments of that in our nation and in the world. We pray for all of our mission partners today. We remember especially to pray for our youth and the sponsors who are wrapping up with morning worship. We pray that deep and permanent things will happen in the lives of our youth as they grow spiritually to become all you've created them to be. We pray right now that you might offer your circle of protection around those who are struggling today, that they might feel your peace, that they might be delivered from fear. We pray that you would comfort the broken among us, those who are ill, those who are grieving, those who are struggling to find meaning and direction. Loving God, open scriptures to us. Open your truth. May your Holy Spirit teach us and guide us and form us. And this is our prayer in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. And now I'm going to read from Joshua 24, 1 through 5, and then 13 through 15. And if you're able, would you stand please as God's word comes among us. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Long ago your ancestors, Terah and his sons Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates and served other gods, Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and 
led him through all the land of Canaan and made his offspring many. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. And I gave Esau the hill country of Seir to possess. But Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt with what I did in its midst. And afterwards, I brought you out. Then to verse 13. I gave you a land on which you had not labored, and towns that you had not built, and you live in them. You eat the fruit of vineyards and olive yards that you did not plant. Now, therefore, revere the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now, if you are willing, if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve whether the gods your ancestors served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, I uh, don't know the ages of every person present this morning, which is probably a diplomatic thing. I'm, I'm not sure how many of you here this morning were alive 50 years ago today, November 12th, 1967. And I'm guessing that if you were alive 50 years ago today, uh, that you probably do not remember what you did that day. But I do. November 12th, 1967, a Sunday, was a day that changed my life. I was 15 years old, and in the months leading up to that particular week, God had been tugging at my heart and dealing with my heart about a call to ministry. But I was resisting, I was protesting, after all, What would God want with a pimple-faced, skinny farm kid? And, furthermore, I bargained with God. I told God, let me finish high school and have some fun. Let me go to college and have fun. And then I'll ruin my life by becoming a preacher. That's what I told God. Because in my mind, preachers were the ones who walked around all the time in black suits. For the record, this is olive green that I have on this morning. Preachers were the ones who walked around in black suits and had a scowl on their faces like they'd been sucking pickles since 5 a.m. And I didn't want any part of it. Now, the little church to which I belong, Maple Grove Little Country Baptist Church, Uh, I had made my profession of faith when I was eight. Maple Grove was having a revival meeting the week of November 6th. It ended on Sunday, November 12th. And I didn't want to go to church because I was afraid God would call me. And so lucky for me, I was in the school play. And we had rehearsals every night. I couldn't go to the revival. That was a close one. 
but I forgot about Sunday morning. So I went to church Sunday morning. And I don't remember anything that the evangelist Bob Turner said, but I do know that when he gave the invitation, I began to shake all over. God came over me in a way that I've never experienced, I had never experienced before or have since. And I went to the front and I told my pastor, Fred Harner, God's calling me to preach. And I've never looked back and I've never regretted. Because my life was full of gratitude for what Jesus Christ had done. I was scared. Didn't know what it meant. Couldn't understand God's timing. But I was so filled with gratitude. And as I read the 24th chapter of Joshua, the people of God had now conquered the new land. Their hearts are so full of thanksgiving. They wanted to find a way to honor God. And all I could think about when God called me was, I wanted God to take my life and I wanted to honor him with my talents, with my time, with my treasure, with my influence. I wanted to thank him by honoring Jesus Christ. And I can also resonate from verse 13 of our text, where God reminds the Israelites, I gave you land on which you did not labor. I've given you fruit you did not plant. It's all grace. God didn't choose me because I was anybody special. God just chose me out of grace. And it's the same in your life. Finding a way to honor God. Finding a way to live into that. It's not really complicated because in verse 14, Joshua says, We honor God by revering Him. Some of your translations say, Fearing God. Fearing God is mentioned in the hymn we sang this morning. I understand that word fear, but it, it's troubling because it has a negative connotation. As if God is cruel and distant and, and unkind. To fear God, to revere God, means to honor Him in a way that offers Him our complete devotion. And then Joshua says, we honor God not only by revering Him, but by serving Him. I circled the word serve in the English translation every time it's used in my translation, New RSV. And the word serve is used by Joshua or the people of God 13 times through verse 24 of this chapter. To serve God, that's how we honor God. That's how we show thanksgiving. That's how we make the daily choice of gratitude by honoring God and serving God. And, and there's another clue, because in verse 14 he says, we are to serve Him in sincerity and faithfulness. And the Hebrew word for sincerity is interesting because it means to, to serve God in a seamless way, in a, in a holistic way, to serve God in a way that is total, that has no gaps in it. Now, I don't know about you, 
But sometimes my Christian stewardship has gaps. It's not always seamless. Sometimes my honoring of God has gaps in it. Because to honor God means to honor God with our treasure, our time, our talents, our influence. And and we don't always get all of those right all the time. There are gaps. There is this scripture from Proverbs chapter 3. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your produce. That first of all, giving financially to the Lord is a way of honoring God. Proverbs 3, 9. But that's just one way. Where are the gaps in your Christian stewardship? Where are the uneven places where your honoring of God needs some attention? Is it time? Is it financial? Is it influence? Is it the giving of your talents? Or in some other way, we we need to take stock and know that that honoring of God and serving needs to be a seamless, total thing without any holes in it. I would remind us that this covenant-making with Joshua and the believers at, at Shechem is not the first time that God and the people have made a covenant together. You, if you know your Bibles, you know that. God made covenant with Abraham and with the patriarchs Isaac and Jacob. God made covenant with Moses and the people of God on Mount Sinai. And here now, after Moses has died, after Joshua has led the people into the new land, they have, they have settled in the land. There is this business of renewing the covenant. And isn't it interesting that God likes to keep our covenants fresh and up to date? I'd made a covenant with God when I was eight years old. I made my profession of faith, but I'd, but I'd grown since then emotionally and physically and, and in every other way. And my covenant needed to be updated when I was 15 years old. And it's had to be updated many times since then. And, and, and I think some of us forget that conversion, coming to Christ, is not the last time we make covenant with the Lord. We need to dust that stuff off. We need to dust that covenant off and freshen it. Bring it up to date. Make it current with what we're living now, as Joshua and the people did. I love verse 15. Many of us who don't even know a lot of Bible uh, could quote parts of that. Now if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. I love that. When we lived in Sedalia in our house, uh, a a desk in the loft area where I studied and prayed sometimes had a plaque. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Isn't it amazing that we get to choose? God creates us free moral agents. He doesn't back us into a corner. We have the freedom of choice. We can choose to serve other gods or to choose to serve the true God. God gives us choice. And every day we choose gratitude. And in doing so, we choose to honor God as the only God. When we do that, God becomes more real to us. I'm convinced that God became more real to Joshua 
and the Israelites after they made that commitment to him that he was the only God. I know that in my life, God became more real to me. Christ became more real to me when I made that commitment to him 50 years ago today. When we choose the Lord and declare, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord, it gives us a new sense of identity. We're clear about who we are and why we're here on earth. If you're fuzzy about that this morning, it doesn't begin with some complicated formula. It begins by giving thanks for the blessings you see and experience and then finding ways to honor God and follow Christ. And choosing the Lord over other gods and saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, also has a greater impact on our culture. See, the Israelites moved into a pagan land. And God intended the social order to be turned right side up. God intended to use the Israelites to bring a new way of being and showing people a new way of life, just like God's calling us to do new things and to impact our culture. When we make that commitment to honor Him, it becomes possible. And did you know that when we choose the living God over other gods, and we choose to honor Him with gratitude, that that also builds a bridge into the future. Think about this. Joshua is a bridge figure in the Old Testament. You have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the patriarchs. You have Moses, the lawgiver. But before you ever get to the prophets teaching us great moral things... You have Joshua as the bridge figure to bring the law of God and the purpose of God into the nation Israel. And then Joshua is the bridge into the person of Jesus Christ, God's Son, the great deliverer, the great Savior. And when we choose gratitude to honor God, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord, we will serve the Lord, we're bridges into the future. We're bridges for our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. We are bridges for the unchurched and the unbelieving out there who don't understand the gospel, who don't understand Jesus. We are bridges into God's future when we make that choice. Choose you this day whom you will serve. If you're not going to serve God, the living God, make an intentional choice about some of these false gods. Choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Had a fascinating encounter with a health care giver not too long ago. She's in the United States. She's from Nigeria. She's a delightful person. I found out she was a Christian as she was giving care to someone I was visiting. And she told me in the course of conversation that her father back in Nigeria has just been chosen king of their tribe. And I started to congratulate her. And she said, well, thank you, but he won't accept it. Because in order to be king of that particular tribe, you have to call on the ancestral gods, the false gods, of their belief system and he will not forsake the living God of heaven 
the father of Jesus Christ, so he will decline being king. And I wonder how many times, by our choices, this coming week, we will get to choose gratitude to God and choose a way to honor God and say no to the gods of our culture, no to the gods of our world, and yes to the one true living God. Every single day, we get to choose. Every single day, we get to choose. Now, for our response time this morning, before we stand and sing, offering the opportunity for those who have never trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, inviting those who want to make a deeper commitment to Him or make a church membership decision, before we do that, don't want anyone moving, don't want anyone stirring around for one solid minute We're going to challenge one another to complete these two sentences. Right where you sit, silently, I am grateful to God for, and you complete that sentence. You can name one thing and dwell on it, or you can name 20 things. And then the second half of that is, because of my gratitude, I will honor God by some practical, specific way that you will choose to honor God. I will warn you ahead of time, a minute seems like a long time when you're standing looking at the preacher. You don't have to close your eyes. You may if you wish. But I want us, starting now, to take a minute and silently, personally complete those two sentences. Pray with me, please. Our loving and merciful, generous God, we are so very thankful for all of life's gifts. So today, take us to deeper places in gratitude and honoring you. Take us out of our comfort zones in places of obedience. Through Christ our Lord, amen.